and opinions of shows on KCNR are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only, and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of KCNR Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Dr. Patricia Bay, and you are tuning in to Therapy in a Nutshell here on KCNR, 96.5 FM, 1460 AM, your talk radio. This is Dr. Patty, and we are going to be talking about the therapeutic issue called abandonment. And this is a really interesting issue. It has uh, become kind of a word that's thrown around for people a lot. Uh, they'll say, I have abandonment issues, or someone, some lay person will look at you and say, well, you must have abandonment issues. It's, it's kind of a real trigger word. Uh, in the office with clients, I have to be a little bit careful because when I tell them they have abandonment issues, uh, some people, that's akin to calling them weak or some kind of weenie or something where they're, they're not very strong and they're emotionally fragile. And occasionally that is, is what happens with abandonment, but not always. So we're going to break down what is abandonment. What are some of the symptoms and causes? And more importantly, how do you deal with it when it's something that affects your life? So what exactly is abandonment? It's kind of an overwhelming fear of loss. Now, and let's be clear, an overwhelming fear of more loss. So there are people that have had abandonment issues. It's, it's a little bit like PTSD. Not everybody that is traumatized ends up with post-traumatic stress disorder. Not everyone who's been abandoned in their life ends up with therapeutic or psychological issues that make them afraid of being abandoned again. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about some of the things that make people more vulnerable to abandonment. But for right now, let's look at the overall thing. Abandonment is a fear of being left, of suffering some kind of loss again. And the reason I say again is because when someone's been abandoned, they know what it feels like. And it's a really nasty feeling to feel left and lost. And they don't want to feel that again. So when abandonment happens, a person of any age is in a relationship where they feel safe and secure. Or they're in a setting where they feel safe and secure. And then there's a sudden change. Something happens that you didn't want to happen or that you did not feel you had any control over. And then there are feelings of being left unsafe and insecure. What's left from that is how your psyche or your stability, how you process that in your head, whether you feel abandonment or not. Some people get left or lost or suffer a trauma and they work it through and they move on. And they would tell you it was bad or horrible, but it doesn't really affect who they are now. Other people are affected by even some of the slightest change. And it leaves them feeling kind of burned. Okay? So the abandonment feelings are, I feel betrayed or burned or somebody did something to me that I did not feel was safe or appropriate or kind uh, or it was against what they promised. And so I feel left, lost, insecure, burned when it comes to 
a similar situation. Now, let's look at abandonment on a spectrum, too. The very little feelings of abandonment, real slight abandonment might be, you know, I've had a hard time in relationships. I've been burned a lot. I've been left a lot. Uh, I don't really trust romantic relationships. But they haven't really generalized it to everything else. Sometimes when people are left or abandoned, they tend to fear every kind of intimate connection and every kind of relationship that could create harm or someone could leave them. One of the things I've noticed in my 34 years of private practice as a psychologist is that how affected you are by abandonment depends on two things. One is how young you were. Very little children, uh, small children, young children, who don't have the verbal capabilities of expressing how they feel might have abandonment issues on a core nonverbal level. In my experience, that tends to dictate your behavior in many arenas, and you're not really cognizant or aware of how those issues are affecting you in your life. And then people that are abandoned more later in life can often single out that that's what happens in that type of relationship. And they have trauma regarding a more specific arena as opposed to young children who can generalize their abandonment across the board. So look at the idea that a young child who is trying is wanting to feel safe and secure in their relationship feels abandoned by a parent. There's there's a human development behaviorist named Erickson who um, has some stages of development. And one of the very first stages of development for young children is trust versus mistrust. So when a baby is born and they're small, they are trusting that they will have their basic needs met of food, clothing, and shelter. So they'll be safe, they'll be warm, they'll be fed, uh, and when they cry, mommy or daddy will come and attend to them. That is what builds trust versus mistrust. So very young children who are not having their basic needs met, in other words, they're being neglected or abused, they have very core levels of trust issues because they feel abandoned in those issues that were supposed to be given to them when they were children. So now we go up further in age brackets. And say you have a kindergartner, five-year-old, six-year-old, who has had a fairly stable home. Their basic needs have been met. They haven't been neglected or abused. And their parents go through a divorce when they're five years old or so. And they hardly ever see one of their parents again. And they had a pretty decent relationship with that parent before the divorce. Those young children can feel abandoned by the parent who kind of disappears. Even if the parent has sporadic contact, that child can feel like they were abandoned by their father or mother. And that can leave lifelong issues of not feeling good enough. So look at it through a child's eyes for a moment. And and not necessarily a child. This could be an older person too or an adult. When someone leaves you and you don't have control of it and it hurts terribly and you're trying to process it and you feel betrayed and left, one of the ways that it can be processed in our psyche is that it means we aren't good enough for the person to have stayed 
and to love us. So that gets internalized as I am not worth loving. So the fear of abandonment, you are going to leave me or you're going to walk out like others have in the past when I've been burned, is actually a fear of I am not worth loving. So as human beings, when we're afraid, we work really hard to try and feel safe. We do all kinds of things to not connect with somebody so you don't get hurt or pull away first so that you're the rejector, not the rejectee, or to do behaviors that make you feel like you're kind of in control of what you view as impending doom, impending hurt, which is the hurt of abandonment. So let me go over, before we take a break, just some of the symptoms, some of the feelings that could be anchored and based in feeling abandoned when at some point in your life, especially when you're a child. You can feel burned. You can feel that you have trust issues. You just can't trust people. They're not going to stay. There's a, there can often be a fear of intimacy. You find yourself distancing or holding people back from you so they don't get too close. It's not unusual for people with abandonment issues to sabotage relationships, pull away first, not get close enough. And the other thing I see is how they sabotage opportunities at times. Separation anxiety, when you're away from your attachment person, you can feel intense anxiety, panic, fear of being alone. There's often guilt with abandonment, guilt that you have abandoned somebody by pulling away, guilt that you even feel like a weak person, that you are fearful and anxious about this. And abandoned people often do a lot of tap dancing to avoid being hurt. So we're going to go to break. And when we come back, I'm going to give you a case history, a study of about a person who I treated many years ago, which was a real classic example of an abandonment issue. We'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to Therapy in a Nutshell. This is Dr. Patty, Dr. Patricia Bay, and you are listening to the incredibly beautiful Native American flute music of Randy McGinnis. He's playing on this album, on this CD, it's called Smoky Mountain Dreams, and that is Stacy Nichol Miller, who is the lead cellist in the Knoxville Symphony. It is an absolutely gorgeous CD that my mom, before she passed away, used to listen to every night going to sleep and never heard the second half of the CD because she was always sound asleep. So it's just a gorgeous CD. Thank you, Randy, for letting us play your beautiful music on this show, Therapy in a Nutshell. Okay, we are talking about abandonment and how that can really kick your tushy and make it so that you have trouble functioning across the board in your life, sometimes just with relationships, sometimes with just about everything you do. The lack of self-esteem that is associated with abandonment issues can really affect how you're perceived in your job, how you are getting along with others, the friendships that you have, and your intimate relationships. It's a really important issue. And when you work on it properly in good therapy, you can really change how you are. So I want to give you a case example. And I was given permission to talk about this from a former client from many years ago who really did a really a lot of good work on working through this issue. Um, this is not his name, but I'm going to call him Bob. 
At the time, he was about 24 years old, and he was going through a police academy. And it wasn't a police academy here in Northern California. He was uh, actually in a different state. So he's going through the police academy to become a policeman, which had kind of been his lifelong dream since he was a kid. He always wanted to be a police officer. And as he was going through the police academy, he was doing really well. He was very athletic, uh, passionate, strong, very smart. So none of those things were a problem. Um, from the outside looking in, you would say Bob was the perfect candidate to become an exemplary officer. But as he was going through the police academy, he started faltering. And when he began faltering was when he figured out that he was going to make it. And it frightened him. And it was interesting. He ended up blowing out of the police academy in the last um, two or three weeks of the academy. And that became part of his story where he felt not good enough. And he felt, he'd say, I just feel so stupid. I feel like such a loser. He'd say that all the time. And ended up moving back with his family in Northern California and came to see me in therapy. And we worked through how he was, well, how this happened to him in the academy. So I had him go back all the way to when he was younger. And I was looking for, at this stage in his therapy, I was looking for why he was always sabotaging his success. Whenever he would get close to doing really well, whether it was uh, in a job he had been, as a teenager, had been flipping burgers in some fast food place, they wanted to make him like an assistant manager. And he started blowing out and ended up getting fired from this job. And he had kind of a history of that. Whenever he was doing really well, he would sabotage his success. And so at first I was looking at it as a fear of success. And we would talk about, well, what would happen if you succeeded? What would happen if you had made it through the police academy? But as his therapy went on, I began to look at when this started for him. It became evident that he was a really confident little kid until he was about five. And he had a stable home. Um, mom and dad who loved him. He was really close to his dad. His dad used to say, you're my little buddy. They used to go fishing, do all sorts of stuff. And his mom was kind of mentally ill. She had a lot of problems, a lot of um, anxiety, and was very ultra-sensitive and was difficult to live with. So when he was about five, his father and mother got divorced, and his dad left. And his dad ended up, I think, leaving the state. He, he moved pretty far away and would only see Bob every once in a while. And it was very sporadic. Uh, he'd call and say hi to him on the phone and things like that. But in Bob's psyche, when he was five years old, he felt extremely abandoned by his father. And as we progressed in our therapy, we were able to isolate what I called was a Bob rule. I'll often say to my clients, oh, there's a Sally rule. There's a Patty rule. There's, there's something that you wrote as a rule for yourself, not necessarily for the rest of the world, but for you. And so a Bob rule that he made was, if only I had been worth loving, my father would not have left. And he never really said that out loud to himself, but it's how he ran his life. As if he was not good enough. He was not worth loving. If only he had been worth loving, 
his dad would not have left. And on another level, he blamed his mother, who he actually saw as difficult to live with. So his dad not only left, but left him with his mother, who he didn't particularly want to be with, and then was very fearful of losing her. And since she was a highly anxious person and clung to him, and he was an only child, he felt really responsible for her, and then he felt guilty about his feelings of wanting to be away from her because she was difficult, feeling bad that his dad left him, and just feeling kind of abandoned and lost. And added to that, he felt extremely insecure, not really strong in himself, even though on one hand he could tell you, I'm very athletic, I'm very capable, I'm intelligent, I get really good grades, I got really good grades in school. Um, he could say out loud, intellectually, he felt he would make a good police officer. Um, he was kind, he was thoughtful, he was intelligent, all of that. And so what he believed intellectually about himself and what he actually felt deep within his heart were not the same thing. So when push came to shove in Bob's life and he was getting ready to succeed, either make assistant manager at the burger joint he worked or actually graduate from the police academy and become a police officer, he would unconsciously begin to sabotage himself, which actually led to a self-fulfilling prophecy. When he would fail or fall off in terms of responsibility or ability, then he would say to himself, see, I really am a loser. See, I'm not very good at what I do. I don't deserve to be fill in the blank, whatever he was trying to go for. So when he was in this huge state of depression, had moved back with his parents, was basically laying on the couch playing video games, and they got him into therapy because they were worried about him and partly worried about the pattern that he'd been doing over and over again, we started tearing this apart. And so the parents he moved back in with, which was interesting, by the way, was that he had moved back in with his dad, who had moved away from where he had been married to his biological mom. And he was with his dad and his stepmom on their couch. So he was drawn back to where he really needed to be to reestablish that relationship with his father. But it also let him kind of work those issues in therapy. Now, if you're thinking this sounds pretty convoluted, it kind of is. When you are with a really good therapist, you're going to look at the thing that I call core issues. We could, like, let's look at very surface therapy. You, Bob could have looked at, oh, I sabotage myself. I'm kind of afraid of success. Every time push comes to shove and I'm right at the end of something, I, I mess it up. And, wow, I need to stop doing that. I need to just dig deep right at the end and do it. And so... It was more complicated than that, and it was based in Bob's core issues of not being lovable and not being good enough. So in the last part of the show, I'm going to give you ways to not be run by dysfunctional core issues. And I say that because it's kind of the human condition. We all have some kind of dysfunctional core issue somewhere. And it's how we grow and evolve in this, on this earth school. It isn't supposed to be easy. And anybody told you, if they told you it was supposed to be easy, they lied. Because earth school is not easy. And we all go through heartache and things that make us look deep at ourselves and start to grow. So 
let's look at the idea of Bob for a minute. As a little tiny kid, about five years old, he didn't really have the ability to put this all into words. It just became one of his silent, unconscious Bob rules, which was don't push too hard, don't get too attached to anything, don't let yourself move forward because moving forward, like, for example, graduating from the police academy, moving forward would mean that I had to move away from that which I know, that which made me secure. So anything new, any change, any um, evolution into being better, more than succeeding, was quietly sabotaged by his abandonment issues that were deep in his core of not feeling good enough. And if only he'd been more lovable, he would, his father would not have left him and moved away. So check that out. It's very unconscious, and it's extremely powerful in running your life, ruining your relationships, wrecking your opportunities, and getting in the way of you growing and developing into who you want to be as a human being. All right, we're going to go to break, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the causes of abandonment issues, and in the last part of the show, I want to give you coping mechanisms and how to begin to do it differently. So we're going to take a break, and we'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to Therapy in a Nutshell. Listening to Randy McGinnis, Native American flutist, won multiple awards, played throughout the world, has six CDs. You can go to randymcginnis.com, check out his music. It's incredible. All right, we are talking about abandonment issues and how a core issue of abandonment in your life can affect you for the rest of your life if you don't create awareness about it and you don't begin to change your reaction to the abandonment. Now, I want to be clear about that. There are a lot of causes for abandonment, but how we respond to our perception of being abandoned is the issue that we're talking about. We can blame people for abandoning us. We can blame someone who wasn't um, very good in raising us or have left us for unforeseen circumstances, like um, the example I gave you before, Bob's father left because mentally ill mom was someone he couldn't live with anymore. Uh, it's We can blame it on our situation or our circumstances. And that's okay. We can know the cause. But what is important is how we are affected by that which happens in our life and how we go forward either in resolution of that trauma and finding a different way to be or simply understanding it and trying to keep that in check. So it's abandonment is similar to PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, in that something happens that creates difficulty for a person in their life. With post-traumatic stress, it might be something that's not an abandonment at all, but a traumatic situation that leaves an imprint on your brain that that could happen to you again. So abandonment is similar to that. Except for in our psyche, abandonment, the word itself, indicates that there was relationship and connection that was then left or discarded. So abandonment is a little bit different than PTSD. 
in that it, there's a purposeful feel to it. Like you left and you didn't have to. You made choices that did not include my well-being, and you went elsewhere, which was away from me, and left me feeling abandoned, left me feeling like I was not worth loving, or something was wrong with me for you to justify moving on, leaving me, and taking off. So I know some of you out there, especially some of the clients I deal with that have dealt with abandonment, are, are nodding their heads going, yeah, it just feels purposeful. Like, why did you do that? Why would you choose to treat a child like that? Why would you choose to abandon your marriage vows? Why would you not be responsible in how you treat your employees? Those are the things that make people feel abandoned. So I want to talk a little more about the causes that I see that create abandonment. One of the big ones in childhood abandonment is neglect. And neglect, when I, when I used to work for Children's Protective Services during sexual abuse investigation, and I did a lot of, I saw a lot of neglect cases and a lot of physical abuse and, and tons of sexual abuse. But in that job, we would see kids that were neglected. And that was always a harder case to work than the outright abuse or the outright molest because the neglect was often kind of iffy and kind of hidden. So neglect was just their basic needs were sort of being met, but not in a great way. And it was funny because schools or, or family members or neighbors would call and say these kids are being neglected, but they didn't meet the standard of being able to remove a child for that kind of just not very good quality care that that most people would call neglect, but it was not clinical neglect that we could actually remove a child for. That's the kind of stuff, that kind of marginal neglect, is what I see can create abandonment issues. So kids were sort of being fed, but not fed real well. They were taken to school and clothed, but often not real consistently or very well. So they ended up being given the message that you are not really worth taking care of. So that subtle kind of neglect can create abandonment. Now, out-and-out out out neglect that was clinical neglect that we could remove a child for and they end up in foster care and all that can absolutely create abandonment issues too. But in therapy, I often see people with that subtle kind of neglect and they even feel bad saying something about it because they actually had a home. They had a mother and father. They weren't totally poor. They just weren't well taken care of. So the more extreme of that is clinical neglect, clinical abuse, um, sexual molest, uh, rape, things like that can create trauma in a person that also goes hand in hand with them feeling abandoned. Because if they weren't in a safe and, and secure environment, abandonment, trauma often resulted from that lack of protection. So now we have abandonment, not a safe and secure environment, not being looked after or loved. And then on top of that, abuse and trauma can happen. So that creates some sometimes severe issues with abandonment, which can create attachment disorders. And that's a whole subject for another show. There are types of attachment disorders where people have trouble fully attaching or they attach a little bit and then they run because they're afraid of abandonment. And attachment disorders can really mess up your life. Uh, we'll do a show on that at some other point and go deeply into that. 
But you can see how when you have trouble with abandonment, you're fearful of being left because you're not good enough, you're going to have attachment issues as well. So severe stress, um, chronic kind of stressful environments, living with a mentally ill parent, uh, being shuffled around from relatives, couch surfing as a family, couch surfing as a kid um, can create abandonment issues too because you don't have that safe and secure environment where you feel wanted and loved. Poverty can create abandonment issues for the same reason. A child needs to feel like their basic needs are being met, which is food, clothing, and shelter. Now let's expand that into adults. We need to know that food, clothing, and shelter are going to be met. Once those are met, we have higher order needs. And those are needs for feeling safe, feeling involved, loved, important, cared for, And those are higher order needs. So abandonment can definitely come when basic needs are not being met, food, clothing, and shelter. But they can also come when a kid does have basic needs met but just doesn't really feel good enough or loved. Abandonment is the desire for a relationship to continue and feel safe and secure and valued. And the abandonment occurs when the person that you expect to treat you like that walks away from those obligations, those behaviors, and you feel left. So let's put it in another type of arena. I often hear people whose spouses have had an affair feel abandoned. They feel like, I'll hear them say in my office all the time, our marriage vows meant nothing to him or her. We promised to love and cherish each other till death do us part. And they walked out on their marriage vows, not just me. They're trying to find a higher authority, the vows, that the person should have adhered to. When they say that to me, what I'm really looking at is, I wasn't worth staying. They left me. And nothing, even something higher order, like the vows and the promises they made, could not make that person stay with me. I feel not attractive enough, not sexy enough, not important enough. Um, I'm the parent of our children. That wasn't important enough. You allowed yourself to go elsewhere because I was not enough. And so the insecurity that happens from that, the anger, the abandonment, is all part of the picture of the pain and the loss and the the horridness that you feel with abandonment. So look at let's break this down a little bit more. Abandonment itself, when an attachment figure that you are really caring about, you're really attached to that person, when they leave you, there's grief and loss. So that might come from death or walking out or divorce or uh, breaking up or moving away or whatever. Grief and loss from the loss of that connection in your life leaves a tearing and a a bleeding, so to say, of your soul. And that is different than the fear of abandonment. And the fear of abandonment is this could happen to me again. Now we're talking about anxiety. So we've gone from abandoned, grief and loss, to the feeling of separation anxiety, of missing that primary attachment. And that's 
separation anxiety is a horrible feeling. It's a, a knife in your gut, lost, anxious sort of feeling that really can permeate your very being. So then when we get that separation anxiety kind of quelled down inside us, the fear of abandonment is the anxiety that this could happen to me again. So let's go back to that feeling of being burned. You're in what you believe is a stable marriage. You both care about each other. You've made vows. You're raising your kids. Um, You feel like you've got a life together, and one of the spouses has an affair. You instantly feel angry, hurt, betrayed, not good enough, fearful of it happening again, and you're seeking constant reassurance. Your separation anxiety is huge. You're panicking Uh, about why did this happen and is it going to happen again and now how do I trust this person? There's a fear of being alone. There's a fear of being left. Um, It can make you feel insecure financially. And so that financial problem can be raised in your head really badly and, and make you feel horrible. All of that would be classified under abandonment. Feeling abandoned, all the feelings that are real, And fear of it happening again, fear of abandonment, and the fear, the anxiety that goes with that. So I hope you're understanding that this is kind of a complicated topic, and it's we want to be careful just throwing everything into a catch-all of, oh, you have abandonment issues, or oh, I have abandonment issues. Uh, We also want to really break it down from a therapeutic standpoint, so you can get the core issue of why you feel abandoned. Is it, is it a childhood issue, or is it something that happened more as an adult? And it's leaving you feeling vulnerable, vulnerable to it happening again, vulnerable to feelings upon feelings upon feelings being piled on you until you break and you can't handle it anymore. So it becomes a powerful thing that determines your behavior whether it's in a job or going through an academy, like we are talking about Bob, who's going through the police academy, or how you're going to be in this relationship, or how you do with your elderly parents. This all really dictates who we feel we are and if we feel lovable. All right, we're going to go to break, and when we come back, I want to give you some coping skills for you to begin to handle your own abandonment issues and evolve and grow past them. We'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to Therapy in a Nutshell. This is Dr. Patty, and we're talking about abandonment. I want to explain to you a behavior that I often see with people with abandonment issues. And that is a coin that has two sides to it. One is that people with abandonment issues are often looking for reassurance from outside of themselves. An example would be, let's take a couple where he's had an affair. And it isn't always a he. Sometimes women have affairs. And so I'm just throwing this out because it's easier to do it with one pronoun. (laughs) So he's had an affair and she's looking for constant reassurance that he's not going to do it again, that he's going to stay, that she's good enough, that her self-esteem is high enough. And there's a sense that if only someone outside of me can make me feel safe and know that I'm not going to be left again, then 
I can relax. But the very fact that you need to look for the reassurance outside of you makes you feel vulnerable to being left. And I want you to catch that because when we come back and talk about some coping skills, that has to stop, that the reassurance you find is not going to be found outside of you. It has to come from inside of you, and I want to show you how to begin to do that. The flip side of that coin, looking for reassurance outside of you, is being hypersensitive to criticism. When a person is constantly looking to be told they are pretty enough, stable enough, worthy of loving, um, from outside of them, they really want people to tell them they're good enough, whether it's their spouse, their partner, their boss, um, their friends, when they're constantly looking for that reassurance, the flip side of that coin is being hypersensitive to criticism. So if somebody tells you to improve what you're doing, like your boss, you might feel absolutely devastated being told you aren't good enough. Because underneath that fear of criticism is the fear of, I'm going to be left because I'm not good enough. I'm not worth caring about. I'm not worth loving. I'm not worth keeping. And if you criticize me, you're telling me I'm not good enough, which plays right into that continual fear and anxiety that I will be left. The fear of abandonment, which is the fear of separation and the fear of loss. Okay, so if that's what you've been doing, constantly looking for reassurance from outside yourself and being hypersensitive to criticism where it really just kind of floors you, then you've got to look at where did these core abandonment issues start with you? How did you start to feel like you weren't good enough? Did you come into this world with those fears or did it happen from the way you were raised or did you feel left in early relationships or ever feel teased and bullied and not good enough? Those are all places to begin to look at where did your abandonment issues start. That's kind of a self-exploration that's good to do to begin to change how you deal with that continual insecurity. So I want you to get a piece of paper and a pen because you're going to write down the five steps to change. The first step is that you have to suffer. And people that have abandonment issues usually have been suffering with them for a very, very long time, usually since they're children, sometimes early relationships in uh, adolescence. And for some people, it's adults. It's only happened recently, and all of a sudden, all their insecurities are flaring. But that's the suffering I'm talking about. You have to recognize that you have had difficulty within your own head. You're suffering with your perception of yourself, which makes you not trust those around you or trust the world. So in that awareness of your suffering, that's the second step. So write down five steps to change. Number one, suffer. Okay, we're actually all good at that part. All right, number two, awareness. And awareness of what? Awareness of what you're suffering with. Okay, so you might, after suffering, you might write down abandonment issues. And then you're going to write a whole separate little journal piece for yourself on when did I first start feeling abandoned and how have I played into that, much as Bob played into that in his police academy when he got so fearful of being told that he needed to do better and what was wrong and he needed to run faster, jump higher, whatever. And he took that criticism and started to collapse within himself that he wasn't good enough. So in the last few weeks of the academy, his fear that he wasn't good enough blew his success, and he ended up blowing out of the academy. So 
You have to suffer, then you have to become aware of your suffering. Step three is you have to make a decision. And the decision that we're making with abandonment issues is, do I want to keep going forward? You know, it's that trite thing that I say to people sometimes. Yeah, how's that working for you? So you're messing up every relationship you're in. You're walking out before someone else can walk out on you. Or you're looking for constant reassurance to the point that you're annoying. And they feel like if they don't constantly bolster you up, they get in trouble. And they're tired of bolstering you up because it doesn't work anyway because they have to do it again 10 seconds later. If your decision is, I don't want to be this way anymore. It's insecure. I am worth loving. I just don't know how to do it. And my decision is, I want to create change. You don't have to know how yet. You have to decide that the awareness you have about your suffering is something you wish to change in your life. So that's step three, decision. Step four is you have to take action. So your decision to not be run by your abandonment issues is a big one and an important one, but the action you take is going to be incredibly important. Let me give you an example of bad action. So you've been suffering with abandonment issues. You're aware that you're really kind of annoying, that you're constantly asking for reassurance or support me or tell me you'll never leave me or um, don't criticize me at all because I'm too hypersensitive and I can't take it. And your decision is, ugh. I don't want to be like that anymore. I, I just want to grow beyond that. But I have no idea what to do. The action you take is going to be very important because you don't want to do this thing that I call brick face. Okay, brick face would be where you say, whoa, it's not working to constantly ask for reassurance, so I'm going to back up and slam my face into this brick wall harder. In other words, I'm going to constantly ask for reassurance. I'm going to ask for reassurance from everyone on my Facebook page on all my friends and family, my spouse. I'm going to constantly look for reassurance. I'm going to do my bad behavior harder and better. That's what I call brick face. All you end up doing is getting smashed up, and it doesn't work. So if your action is doing the dysfunctional thing you've been doing, but doing it more and harder, that is not a good action piece that's going to create the change you want. It's going to create change, but not the change you want. It'll make more people leave you because you will be more annoying, more insecure, and not someone that someone wants to hang out with. Not because you're not worth loving, but because your behavior stinks, and they don't want to be around that. Okay, so the action you want to take needs to be healthy. Sometimes you need a tour guide. You need to get into therapy with a good therapist who can help you look at your core issues, help you look at your behavior, and find other healthier behaviors. Now, let's say you can't afford therapy or you can't get off work or you're in quarantine with COVID-19. My podcast is free. It's called Dr. Patricia Bay, Therapy in a Nutshell, and it's on Spotify, Pandora, iTunes, um, Anchor app, like the Boat Anchor, and there's all kinds of titles that will help you with your abandonment issues. One of them is Loving Yourself. It's called Loving, okay? Another one is Standing in Your Truth, um, healthy dating habits, uh, look down the titles, and when it kind of screams out at you, whoa, I should be looking at that one, I should listen to that one, listen to it. There's 70-plus titles on there, and it's free therapy, you guys. The reason I do it is to help heal this world. So start listening to the podcast titles and be forming good action things in your life to make you more lovable, more stable, more 
believing in yourself so that your self-esteem increases so that you can suffer less. When you create that kind of good action in your life, the change you're going to create is that your abandonment issues don't run your life as much as they used to. And you're going to feel better about yourself, which is going to make you more attractive. I will tell you the absolute most attractive thing in this world is not your body. It's not how intelligent you are. It's not anything. The most attractive thing in this world is confidence. And that's why sometimes you look at people and go, whoa, how how do they have a relationship and I don't? Why is that person who's fill in the blank, something you feel is inadequate, height or weight or something, you go, whoa, I don't get that. They're probably extremely confident. They have good self-esteem. They know they are worth loving. They project that to the world. So working on your confidence sometimes is a whole heck of a lot easier than trying to recreate your body in a way that makes you feel like you're worthy. So let's go back over those five steps to change. Number one, you have to suffer. Number two, you have to have awareness of the thing that you are suffering about. Number three, you have to make decisions to do that differently. And then you have to take appropriate, positive, healthy action. So number four is action. And then number five is change. If you are not creating the change that you desire, then you back up and say, did I take the appropriate action? And did I do it methodically? Did I do it completely? Did I keep doing it? Did I make good decisions? And was my awareness of my suffering productive and clear? So recognizing your issues, getting into some help so that you begin to change your behaviors and believe in yourself and learn what's in the way of your self-esteem and in the way of you feeling unlovable will help you put your abandonment issues behind you so that you're not run by them anymore. When that begins to happen, your confidence will go up, your attractiveness to others, whether it's a friendship or an employer or a spouse or a partner, that will go up as well with your confidence. So I hope this is giving you some excite, you know, some exciting things to do to work on and a way for you to begin to feel like you're a stronger person and you can do better in this life and not sabotage your success. Go forward with your hopes and dreams. Create better relationships and not do some of those old detrimental behaviors like sabotaging yourself or throwing a relationship away before they can leave you. Some of those things that are really anchored in old fears and abandonment. So this is Dr. Patricia Bay. You can go to my website, patriciabay.com. My podcast, again, do a Google search, Dr. Patricia Bay, Therapy in a Nutshell, and it's free, and there's tons of titles. Look through the titles and see which one screams out at you that you should listen to. So thanks for tuning in to Therapy in a Nutshell here on KCNR, where I just want to heal the world one hour at a time.
The news from Town Hall is brought to you on KCNR Shasta Reading by Shasta Regional Medical Center. Your life, your health, your choice. Shasta Regional Medical Center.